who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. You're listening to Pixels and Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 21 Jamie introduced Dex to the other four people, preserving his anonymity, and they talked about what the team had been doing. Dex paid enough attention to answer their questions coherently and make the appropriate noises, but internally, he was screaming. He'd set his system to record the meeting, of course, his now-lapsed habit of life-logging pressed into service, which was imperative, since almost all he could focus on was figuring out what this meant. Was his cover blown? He thought the details of this operation had been kept between the people in the previous day's meeting, but they had never actually discussed that. For all he knew... Biagini had passed on the plan to his squad. And Biagini? Surely he didn't know that one of his officers was involved in this group. What would this mean for Jamie's future? And what did it mean for the cases they'd worked on? Was Jamie actually feeding the attackers information about the investigation? Was that why the squad had never been able to find anything? Dex's mind was in an uproar, and it took all his control just to maintain his composure. He must have pulled it off, though, because after an hour of talking, the tall Asian woman, who seemed to be the unofficial leader, asked if Dex would be available to help distribute some supplies in San Silvestre. Sure, he answered, hoping that he hadn't agreed to something he'd regret. He needed to review the recording. He could barely remember the details of anything they'd discussed. Wonderful, she said. We'll be in touch through a secure message. It will be really great to have another body to help out. There's so much more we'd like to do. Absolutely. Dex just wanted to get out of there. Talk to you soon. He begged off when Jamie asked if he'd like to get a drink and hoped he hadn't seemed too suspicious. Of course, this whole business was suspicious, but now he was getting paranoid. He needed to get home. He managed to be deliberately casual in his walk back to the apartment, on the off chance he was being followed. He took the most direct route, but was sure not to hurry. He wanted to look like he had somewhere to be, but he didn't want to look like he was panicking. Which he wasn't, but it was close. The fifteen-minute walk home felt like it took an hour, but passed by in a blur. When he fell in the door, Annabelle looked up, worry creased across her face. What happened? She jumped up and came over to Dex, her hand hovering next to his cheek, not quite touching him. Are you hurt? He shook his head. It's Jamie, he said. 
Jamie Aristo? He nodded. They're part of it. The two of them went over the vid in real time, and every minute that he watched it, Dex calmed a little more. Not only had he comported himself perfectly well, the conversation made the group look like the benign entity Dex hoped it was. But with his identity known, there was no chance of getting anyone to admit to anything now. We have to let the captains know about this, Annabelle said. Renee, I don't know how he's going to take this. If the group is really only up to what they say they are, there's no problem, Dex said. There's nothing inherently wrong with the operations they have planned or anything else I've seen from these people. Jamie has no reason to think they'd be in trouble for participating. So then why didn't they ever mention it? Why would they? They wouldn't have known about our interest in BBB. If they aren't connected to the attacks, there's no reason to bring it up. Annabelle frowned. Yeah, you're right. It's easy to forget that we've been working on this lead in isolation. Jamie wouldn't have a clue. But what if they are connected, Dex? What if Jamie is... She didn't finish the thought aloud, but Dex knew she was asking herself the same questions he had when he'd first realized his colleague was part of the group. We'll just have to cross that bridge if we come to it, he said. That said, I find it hard to believe that Jamie could be willingly involved. I mean, you should hear them talk about these attacks. They were using words like terrorism. At the time, I sounded more like an apologist for the attackers. It could have been a front. They protest too much, maybe? Sure, Dex said reluctantly, not liking the feeling that Jamie had been playing him all along. Anything is possible. If they are involved in the attacks, Annabelle said, we've just made it a whole lot harder on ourselves. I know. Dex rubbed his hands over his face, as if trying to wash away the dual senses of betrayal both that Jamie might be lying to him, and that he might be falsely suspecting Jamie of something they would never do. So what are your next steps? Captain Larson had taken charge of the meeting after Dex passed on the vid, and made a cursory report. René Biagini had taken the news without comment, and his avatar didn't give away anything either. Dex was desperate to learn what his old friend thought, but now wasn't the time. I'm going to carry on as planned, Dex said. I'll do this San Silvestre delivery and learn what I can. Surely no one is going to reveal their part in the attacks to you, knowing who, what, you are. Larson's usually disturbingly genial face was deformed by a scowl. They don't necessarily know, Annabelle said. There's no indication that Jamie has mentioned their work to the group. Larson grunted, but didn't offer a rebuttal. And, of course, there isn't necessarily anything for anyone to reveal, Captain Zhang said. This whole operation was a stab in the dark, let's not forget that. It's better than even odds that there's nothing here to find. You can't prove a negative, Larson grumped. This is a waste of time. Maybe, Dex said. But worst case scenario, they know something, but no one tells me. Maybe they'll get scared off because we're getting close and the attacks stop. That's fine with me. Even if nothing changes, we're still in the same position we'd been in before. Do we really want another one of our officers connected with this... group? Larson spat out the final word and shot Biagini a glare. Why not? Rene said. As far as we know, they are doing good work. It's about time we looked beyond these walls of pixels and light and started helping people out there as well as in here. And if their idea of fighting the good fight involves vandalism and sabotage, are you good with that? Of course not, Biagini snapped. But if it doesn't, and they're out there putting action to their words and truly helping people? Should we be blocking that? 
Should I censure one of my officers because they're putting in their own time to help make things better? Should we let the people this group is helping continue to suffer because we've got no other leads? He turned to look directly at Larson. Are you good with that? Enough, Zhang said. Let's see what this meeting brings. Dex, when are you joining them for deliveries? I haven't heard yet, he said, but it should be in the next few days. Right, she said, standing. There's nothing more to do about it now. Let's reconvene after the delivery and figure out what, if anything, we should do at that time. Sound reasonable, captains? She looked from Biagini to Larson, the expression on her avatar's face almost daring them to argue. Neither of them took the bait. Well, that was unpleasant. Dex nodded a food brick and rummaged in the chiller. Nothing in there seemed appealing. He wanted a drink. A real drink in a real bar. But he wanted to be with Annabelle more. Yes, it was, Annabelle answered. You look kind of restless. You need to get out for a bit? No, I'm fine. Dex paced the small space between the chiller and the door to the apartment, back and forth, back and forth. At one of his apogees, Annabelle stood and went into the bedroom. He heard her in the closet, then the sounds of clothes falling. And as Dex passed by the door, he peeked in and saw that she'd changed into a nice sundress. It was one of his favorites. You're not going out like that, she said when she returned to the main room, eyeing his perfectly serviceable outfit. He looked down. I guess not. She nodded once and moved so he could get into the bedroom. He found a sleeveless top and a pair of slim-fitting trousers laid out for him. I can take a hint. When he changed, they spiraled down the lift and headed out into the mid-afternoon sun. You up for the retro? Dex asked, already turning in that direction. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't. The walk was pleasant as always, though Dex found his attention being drawn to the rough-looking people they passed. How many of them were the beneficiaries of BBB's operations? Alternatively, how many were the victims of the aftermath of one of the storefront attacks? It's not black and white, Annabelle said, obviously having similar thoughts. Hardly anything we do is. I think I just like to tell myself I know we're doing the right thing, because if I really thought about it every time I crack into a database or send the goon squad to hassle some dirtbag, well... Yeah, Dex agreed. We'd never do anything. All these people, the ones we stop from hassling folks or shaking down some online artist, they're the heroes of their own story. That might be going too far, Dex shot her a look. Who knows why people do what they do? When you've been shit on by the world... It's easy to feel like someone else owes you something. Maybe you can't go after the people who hurt you or someone else who deserves it, but there's someone you can kick. Someone you can tell yourself is just a tool of the system who probably would do the same thing themselves in your place. It's rationalizing the choice you were going to make all along. It's what we do. Why not them too? Jesus, Annabelle. I know, I know, she said, squeezing his hand. Moral relativity only goes so far. Just, sometimes it's easy to forget that there's lots of different ways to look at things, and who's in the right and who's not isn't always so clear. Dex nodded, glad that the familiar faded red awning of Loretro had appeared around the corner. Come on, let's deal with this deep philosophical debate in the time-honored tradition. He stepped through the open facade of the building and into the relative gloom of the bar. It was late enough in the day that many of the tables were taken, but there were still a few spots to choose from. Dex scanned the room, looking for a place where Annabelle would be most comfortable. He saw a table in the corner, where one of the seats had two walls in behind. 
He gestured toward it, and Annabelle nodded. I'll grab our drinks from the bar, Dex said. What can I get you? Just a fancy water is good. Dex found a spot at the busy bar and grabbed one of the tablet menus rather than wait for the human bartender. He punched in an order for a bubbly water with lemon for Annabelle and splurged on a canya and water for himself. A large. He found their table on the map to finish the order, then scanned the chip in his hand to pay. It was impersonal, but efficient. When he got to the table, Annabelle had a look on her face. What's up? She shushed him impatiently and gestured for him to sit. Did they see you? He began to turn to look at the rest of the bar, but she stopped him. Who? Renee is on the other side of the bar, she hissed, with Jamie. You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.